Hello and welcome to this week's Pony Podcast, Views from the Vic, uh, with myself, Richard Benea, joined as ever by our Hartlepool United writer, Dominic Scare, and by uh, Hartlepool United superfan this week, Mark Carroll, who uh, usually follows pools up and down the country, home and away every game, um, but obviously we're restricting uh, what we can do on that front at the minute, so Mark's been watching all the streams uh, alongside with all the other pools fans for now, um, so we'll, um, we'll introduce and come on to Mark in just a little, little while, but um, we're recording this podcast, new Hartlepool United podcast with Hartlepool Mail on Thursday afternoon. Um, Dave Chandler's just done his press conference this morning, uh, again via Zoom, um, ahead of the Easter weekend fixtures against Dagenham and Redbridge and Boreham Wood. Um, Dom, how was Dave Chandler this morning? What were the what was the key key news from the press conference? Yeah, he was in good form as ever. It's quite nice almost being well, I went. I went first, um, asking all the questions. You almost get free reign as as sort of the only media person there. But um, yeah, he spoke on the injury side of things. Well, obviously, I had uh, resource missed the draw at Stockport County last weekend. Jamie Sterry went off injured with a hamstring problem in that game, and it's sort of touch and go whether they'll be involved tomorrow. Chana saying they'll train today. They haven't trained all week, but they will train today. And um, then a decision will be made probably late late this evening, early um, tomorrow morning, potentially whether they'll be involved. And obviously, they're two very important players for Hartlepool United. Resorts has seven goals to his name this season. He's, he's really came alive during this sort of run of form um, they've been on over the past few months or so. So, And Jamie Sterry, I think his, his performances speak for, for, for um, themselves, given since he's arrived, Pools have, have lost two out of... Um, I think 17, 18 games in the last uh, two, three months. So, been in a great run since he's arrived. So, they're two really important players. Also spoke about um, Joe Gray. He's had his um, CT scan, should get the results back either today, potentially tomorrow. And we'll see sort of what the plan is for him moving forward. Doubts whether he'll feature for the remainder of the season, to be fair. Can't take too many risks with him. And then on the transfer front, um, potentially... Could be some news there, which I'm sure we'll get into a bit more later on. But um, Chana saying there's sort of 50-50 chance of a, of a player coming in before the, the Easter Bank holiday weekend, which will be good to see. And um, just general preview, looking forward to uh, tomorrow's game. The fact that Pools played Dagenham just um, 10 days ago at Dagenham, won a close game. It's quite a interesting sort of build up to this game the teams obviously know each other well and given the previous game was so close you you wouldn't really want to call it so just spoke about that and as I say in good form as general from uh, Dave Chandler. Good stuff head to the uh, Hartlepool Mail website over the next couple of days and uh, obviously the paper itself to to uh, read the full stories and all those all those um, all those news lines from Dave Chalner. Um Mark, I'll come to you now. Welcome to the Pudi podcast. Um, just reflecting on the weekend on the draw at Stockport then, what, what was your thoughts on that and kind of where pools are, are placed currently in terms of the automatic promotion picture? Yeah, well, I think they, they played quite well, I thought, watching the stream. Um, I thought that we, we didn't look troubled by Stockport for a large part of the game, you know, considering the, the quality that they undoubtedly have and the money that they've spent. Um, I thought we... we the first half, there wasn't too much in it in the way of chances, but I certainly thought we held our own. Um, and I thought that we we started towards the end of the second, first half, we were coming into the game more. Um, I thought we were going to do another 1 0, you know, another 1 0 sort of victory and um, that we've become accustomed to. Um, but overall, 
That's, it's a good point. We've, we've gone there. We've kept them now 12 points behind us. Um, so that's a, that's a good thing for me. Um, the, for the, the priority for me now is just for us to secure a playoff place. That's got to be the first priority. Um, so going there, I didn't think there's anything to fear from, from Stockport. The set didn't look head and shoulders above us. So that was a positive for me. And Dom, um, obviously before the game, the National League finally made a decision on the, the Dover situation and various points taken off um, those clubs that had already played and either won or, or drawn with them. Um, what was your take on that decision and, and where it kind of leaves leaves pools? The table did look a little bit healthier on that front. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, obviously, pools were not playing Dover at all. Probably three points better off than a lot of the teams around them who were lost three points with the exception of, of Notts County, who was surprisingly beaten by Dover um, early in the season. So I think it was an inevitable decision for as soon as Dover decided to stop playing. They'd played 15 games all season. It just wasn't feasible for them to continue at any point. The only or the fairest thing to do would just be to expunge all the results. So I think it was on the cards for a while. I think the fact it took this long is probably uh, the most surprising part. But um, as I say, all in all, a, a Favourable decision for Pools, and I guess the main disappointment for me, or for everyone, would be uh, it leaves Pools without the game on the final day of the season as it stands, which would do a host over at the Vic on a date where fans potentially would be allowed back in. So that, I think, is, is the main disappointment for me. But hopefully, some rearrangement could, could take place. I know there's Weymouth also don't have a game. Pools still yet to play Weymouth at home. I've, I've mentioned that before, but um, that's the only sort of way I can see Pools having a, a game on the on the final day. Yeah, unless we get any further snowfall in the next couple of weeks, although that <laughs> seems that seems unlikely. Um, Pools enjoying the best league campaign, I think, for fourteen years. Is that is that right? Fourteen years yeah. it seems like a long yeah. time, but that's, uh, sadly <laughs> true. Um, and Mark, you've obviously yeah, you'll have seen the, the the bulk of those games, home and away. Um, just reflecting on the job Dave Chalmers done and the, the Pools plays this season, who's kind of stood out for you and, and what do you make of the job Dave Chalmers done and and do you mm. back up this season, even if it will be through the playoffs? Yeah, well, I think, first of all, the manager is the best manager we've had for quite some time, Richard. I mean, you, you look at the job he's done. Last season he came in and he steadied the ship and he's given us some hope towards in the season by making Victoria Park, a place that nobody, no, not necessarily teams that have fear, but know they're coming for a hard game um, and they're going to be made to work. Um, in, the, in the summer, you look at the recruitment he's done with a, with a much uh, reduced budget. I'd say if you looked at your signings, you probably could only pick memories of one or two that haven't worked. He's got a good eye for a player and he's used the loan market fantastically well. Um, so I don't think you'll find many, many fans who are on Dave Chandler's back, which over the last 14 years has uh, take some doing. Um, but it's a, it, it's, it just gives us a bit of hope, Richard, because like you said, the last 14 years, we've been on a decline. We've had, we've had relegations. We've had good and going out of business. Um, it's just been quite depressing, to be quite honest. There's no way to sugarcoat it. It's not, it's not been any fun. There's been very little highs and lots of lows. So for me, I think our most realistic option, although I haven't given up on catching Sutton, is the playoffs. Now, if we can finish second or third, that gives us a home advantage in a one-off semi-final game. That is the, the best scenario if we can catch Sutton, is to finish second or third. And our fans were allowed in that game, 
Now that that would be that would be some return for supporters. It would. It certainly would. Yeah, and no, I'd agree with all that. Yeah. Um, John, just on the on the on the sort of transfer front, then just on the back of what you were saying to Dave Chandler, uh, sorry, speaking to Dave Chandler this morning via the Zoom call ahead of the weekend Easter fixtures. What um, is there any more you can say on that kind of? Well, he's, he said there was. Sorry, there was um, 50-50 chance they'll bring in a player before um, tomorrow's game, which for me is, is fairly likely a flip of a coin. Um, we'll see what happens there, but um, he said they've been looking at players in the National League North and South, even below, who've obviously their season has been declared null and void. They're not playing at the moment. There's a big pool of good quality players to choose from. Chana mentioned, he said, um, the obvious players... Um, that they've obviously looked at the likes of Glenn Taylor from Spennymore and um, a few others from the likes of York, Gated, um, teams like that. Um, the reason they haven't came off, it, well, they haven't came off and there's a reason because of it. It's either the clubs aren't willing to let them go out or logistically switching from part-time to full-time isn't going to work or it just doesn't work for Pools' budget. So you sort of played down those obvious signings if you like um, like I mentioned Glenn Taylor but no reason why um, well doesn't mean it certainly won't happen but um, sort of was keen to play those down but he did say 50-50 chance of a player coming in over the weekend or before the weekend Yeah I suppose that's an interesting point isn't it you think just because these players might be available that they obviously train part time so a couple of nights a week could be very different than coming into a full time setup for, for six weeks or so and we've seen in the past before at Pools haven't we Mark there's, a, there's been a few yeah. players who've stepped up from the non-league part time scene into Pools and then physically struggled with it in terms of yeah. dealing with the training I don't, if you, yeah, I don't know if you remember one Richard Mark I can, I can recall um, Mackay who came from concert I think yes yeah, yeah, yeah. he came in he came in I think when the you know, promotion season under Danny Wilson he was there yeah, I can remember him coming in, and he, um, yeah, there was there was glimpses of him of what he of what he could do, but yeah, the, it is it is a big jump. I mean, obviously the Dom's mentioned there, like Sir Glenn Taylor. I think he's a teacher. I think like semi pro. I think I think he's been offered the chance to go pro before, um, but you understand he's a, a teacher. But that sort of, I mean, they're the obvious players. That sort of player, I would look at and think. Um, yes, I know he's semi-pro, but would he come for this length of time, just have a taste of full-time football? Because I think he's 30. And although that's not old, I'm a lot older than 30 now, unfortunately. For footballer, it's make or break, isn't it? That sort of career, if you want to go pro, there comes a time where you've got to either go for it or just say, I'm happy um, semi-pro. But if I could just quickly say, I think the certainly the area I want us to see strength of possible is centre-forward. Because resorts, if he's not there or we haven't got a player in his similar vein, I think like you saw at Stockport, we do we do struggle a little bit. For all Luca Molyneux came in and did his best, that's not his position he's suited to. And he didn't he didn't quite pick up the mantle that Oates, you know, left behind in that game. So we need something similar to that. Because after Oates, you look at Mason Blumfield, who was not even getting on the bench. There's attacking midfielders getting put on the bench in front of him. And then after him, we don't have another striker to pick from. So for this, even though it's not a congested fixture list anymore, I think we could really deal with another striker because Resource is obviously carrying something niggling that's meaning he's not able to play 
a consistent run of games before he feels something. And it'd be better for him to have that extra option, I believe. Just just on a kind of transfer um, contract-related front, in terms of those players that are out of contract this summer, Mark, and obviously, you know, you'll be well used to covering, uh, sorry, watching pools at this level. There's often uh, a lot of players that are, short-term deals don't this is often yeah. high over it kind of lead to National League level um, anyone in particular that you'd like to see one or two players handed a new contract and make sure they are part um, of the project yeah, we, we, we don't know the. I would imagine a lot of the players who signed in the summer probably signed one year contracts given the, the the world we live in at the minute the uncertainty certainly for me a player I've liked, loved the first time we see it and now he's back Gary Little I think is is key he's a, he's a linchpin to keep because 34, but since he's come back from his injury, Richard, he just sort of coasts some games. He's just like, you know, you can just see he's, he's a Rolls-Royce player. He's, since he stepped into the second defence, he is key to us. So I'd certainly love to keep him of the contracted players. Another player from defence is Ryan Johnson, which I think probably a lot of Pools fans are surprised when we signed him on from Kidderminster when he was released by them. And, um, that he would come in and be such an important part of the defence. Um, so he, he's another one. But of the short term, obviously, like, I think Dom covered this, people like Jamie Sterry, um, I think a lot depends on what league we're playing in. Um, players like him, uh, he's a football league player. Um, so to keep him, if we're still in the National League, would be difficult. Not impossible, but I think there would be a lot of suitors for players like him. Um but I think there's a lot of our players that be one-year contracts. So players like Sir Shelton's and players like David Ferguson, who's been a, a massive massive uh, plus playing at fullback. But I like Gary Little, and definitely he's somebody we need to get nailed down. Would you agree with that, Dom? His stats are certainly impressive, aren't they, since he's come back from injury, Gary? <laughs> yeah, I think anyone who follows me on Twitter knows I love a Gary Little stat. He's um my jinx it yet to lose a game. He's played for pools this season and uh, kept eight clean sheets, I think it is as well. Which I mean, just the stark difference since he's come into the side and um, defensively more organized. He makes Ryan Johnson and Lewis Cass look better players, which I think is probably the biggest compliment you can give him. Uh, like Mark was saying, he, he does it's not an insult, he does coast through games, he, he doesn't really break a sweat. People saying he plays with a, a cigar in his mouth and uh, makes things just look easy. So, um I think yeah, tying him down would, would be would be good despite his age. Um, Pools do have five players contracted to next season. I can't say exactly who all those are, but you could infer Gav Hollihan is one of them because he signed a two-year deal last year. Brad Young signed a deal during the season as well, and and Joe Gray um, obviously it will be one of them as well. Being a young player and um, signing up his first pro deal. Um, as you say, Jamie Sterry would be a, would be a big one, but for me, I think League One, League Two clubs will be knocking on the door for him. As I've said previously, um, I doubt, don't want to put a damp on it, but I doubt he'll be back at, at Pools next season, even if they were to get promoted, just because of who's going to be after him. Um, but it, it would be great to see because he's made a made a great impact, and same goes for Luke Armstrong as well. And um, yeah, we obviously just mentioned Brad Brad Young there. He made his um, <clears throat> excuse me his England debut uh, at the weekend, didn't he? Which was which was great for him. He's an interesting one, Brad Young, because there's been a lot a lot written about him in the last couple of years. Obviously, you know those um, training sessions he had was down at Chelsea, I think. And yeah, 
interest from elsewhere. So he's obviously a very highly regarded um, young goalkeeper at Pools. Um, been out on loan as well, hasn't he? Um, how, how would you sort of see his future? Do you think next year he could actually potentially make that step up? Because Ben Killip is one that Dave Chandler often refers to as benefited from having no fans in the ground, for example. So hopefully fans will be back next year. So. Yeah, it's, it's a unique situation with Brad Young because he, he has that hype around him where he's still yet to make his competitive debut for Pools, yet he's an England under-19 international, which is some going. He's only non-league under-19 international at the moment, England anyway. And um, he's obviously been out at Chelsea, the massive transfer fees for uh, what was a 17-year-old goalkeeper at the time being, being touted about. And I think had it not been for the pandemic and the way things unfolded, he may may have well may as well um ended up at Chelsea. But um it's interesting to see where he's been on loan at Blythe Spartans, a team who have really struggled in the National League North before the shutdown. And speaking to people from Blythe, sort of mixed reports regarding Brad Brad Young, but and um, certainly a player with a lot of potential that pools really rate highly and having um, tied down for the future. So um, for me, he's what 19 um, coming up his next birthday. So probably start, needs to get a regular run of games at a, a, a professional level, either in the National League or National League North, like he did this season. Um, but with Ben Killip in at pools, it, it's going to be going to be difficult to break into that that first team at the moment for me. What's your take on uh, on Ben Killer Mark? Have you seen Brad Young play much, or has youth team level? I think, or not? I think I've only seen him play in the, some of the friendlies. Um, yeah. I think he played. I think he played against Blythe Spartans in a friendly mm. um, in pre-season. So I've only seen little bits of him. As I understand, he was on loan at Billingham Town and Blythe. But I think next season is probably a big season for him. He either goes out on loan as dumpsters to a high standard, so maybe he's another National League North stint. And gets a good run of games, um, or he's you know he's the num- he's the number two goalkeeper at Hartlepool next season. It's, I think it's a, it's a big one for him because he's he's got to, it comes a point where he's got to show what he can do. So I can't speak about what type of goalkeeper he is because he's he's dumb. So he's one of those where you know he's he's been out of our out of our sight really. So I think the they obviously have a plan for next season in the club, and I think more likely they'll send them out on loan, but it has to be no lower than sort of National League North or South standard where we can really see him in men's football, you know, putting under pressure where it matters. So that would be interesting, but he's certainly somebody who's who's potentially could be um, a sellable asset in the future for Hartlepool. And to be quite honest, that, that is where we're at, isn't it? And if we've got a player we can develop and sell, um, that's the name of the game. So it'd be one to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. I think that's just the, that's always, I suppose, been the reality, isn't it, for pools? And that's the kind of level they're at. That Yeah, that is the reality. It's an interesting one for the club as well in terms of not just Brad, but yeah, where the club see him as well. Because like you said, there could be a fair bit of interest in him, especially after his England debut. So we, we wish him well anyway. Hopefully we'll see a bit more of him. Um, hopefully we'll see a bit more of everyone <laughs> soon when the fans are allowed back in. Um, looking ahead to the Easter weekend then, always a crucial weekend in the Football League. Um, with two games coming to quick. Oh, I suppose in reality it's just like a Saturday, Tuesday isn't really, but uh, it feels a bit more different um, with it being Easter. So um, six points to play for Pulls, obviously Hunton, Dagenham, Redbridge on Friday and then away to Bournemouth on Monday afternoon. How, how would you see the weekend going, Dom? <clears throat> um, obviously, 
Pools beat Dagenham uh, 10 days ago down there. So they do they have the upper hand? You could argue because I think they, they dominated the second half down, down at Dagenham. It was just great saves from Elliot Justin, kept them in the game and kept the scoreline from being a rout, in my opinion. Um, but Dagenham do have some good players, like Sir Scott Wilson, uh, Paul McCallum, really good strikers who've had success in, in this division. So I think when you look at, at Dagenham from an ind- individual standpoint, even a winger like Miles Weston, he's, I think his stats are probably among the best in the National League in terms of crosses into the box and set pieces and stuff like that. So they have got a good good team capable of, of causing some damage, but um, Pools at home haven't been beaten at home in a well one nine of the last ten drawn one. It's been nearly four months since the last lost at Victoria Park, and um, so you'd back Pools to if not get a win, then certainly pick up a result and keep that unbeaten run going. Um, and then moving on to Bowen Wood, a team who drew the last five in the National League. Always a, an interesting sort of team, Bowen Wood, because obviously low low fan base in terms of um, the crowd, the get, but they always manage to either like mount a pretty decent challenge. I mean, they nearly made the playoffs, um, well, they made the playoff final a few years ago, and they're just below that sort of level at the moment. So, um I know their manager, Dave Chandler, um, knows quite well as well. So it's always an interesting game between Pools and Bournemouth. And uh, I'm sure Chandler will be looking to get one over. Uh, Luke Garrod is his good friend. Good stuff. And uh, yourself, Mark, what's your uh, predictions ahead of the weekend? Well, Richard, I'm going to go six points. I'm going to be optimistic. So we're going to wow. win both the games. But but we're not going to, but I'm not going to be able to sit in the living room comfortably, you know, watching us win two or three nil. It'll probably be very narrow victories. Um, as we've seen for a lot of this season. But Dagenham, they've got some good individual players. There's definitely no doubt about that. McCallum's one to look out for. He's very physical and they play him a lot. Um, but I think the confidence is there and the players are 10 games away from at least the playoffs, which is something you know that is tantalisingly close. Um, so I think, we'll, I think we'll win that game 2-0. Um, and Boreham Wood, they've got an attacking prowess. They've got that uh, Tishmanga up front, who's a very good goal scorer. And I think he won't be a Boreham Wood for much longer if they don't get promoted. That one, I think, will win 1 0. Um, so I'm going to go six points and I'm just going to, we're just going to keep on motoring. <laughs> good stuff. I, like I admire your confidence. Um, right. Thank you very much, Mark. Appreciate your time. Um, and uh, we'll certainly have you on in future. Um, that brings to a close our latest uh, booty podcast view from the Vic here at the Hartlepool Mail um, out every Thursday in your usual podcast places. Um, Dom obviously covers pulls home and away for the Hartlepool Mail throughout the year. If you uh, if you enjoy our content, then please consider a subscription to the Hartlepool Mail website. All the details are online. And um, yeah, here's to uh, six points over a, a busy Easter weekend. Thanks, Dom. Thank you, Mark. And we'll be back next week with the next Pudi podcast.